Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. Barbara Wilson, okay. One, two, great, thank you. Okay, everybody have a nice, nice little lunch break. How many people? Uh, how many people had an intention to practice presence? Raise your hand. How many people remembered? Okay, great, great. How many people forgot and then remembered? Good. That's why it's called practice. That's what it's about. Great. Um, Why don't we sit for five minutes just to let things settle? (laughs) Allowing your attention to settle into the body. And seeing if you can let the mind and the heart be just as they are. So whether you feel sleepy or energized, focused or scattered, just let everything be exactly the way it is. Connecting with the simplicity of sitting and breathing.
So I'd like to build on what we did this morning by uh, beginning to explore the the next two foundations of this training, looking at our intention and uh, then training our attention. And uh, as we as we do, as I present some more uh, conceptual material, and we do some more practice, also have a couple of couple of segments uh, for some more open uh, Q and A and discussion. So I like to say that intention is uh, the single most powerful and transformative ingredient in dialogue. Uh, Intention is what determines the direction of where we're going to go. And as the great sage, the great yogi, Yogi Berra, once said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. So intention is about where we're going. Where where are we trying to get to? Um, It's not so much about the outcome that we're desiring, uh, but the motivation So it's the quality of our heart and mind that animates or drives our action, physically or verbally. It's the engine behind what we're doing. Why am I going in this direction? Why am I speaking? What is it? What's the motivation or the energy? And uh, there are many skillful motivations or intentions that we might have in a dialogue or a relationship Um, One of the most powerful and central uh, that I have found is the intention to understand. Without that, little else seems possible. Without a genuine intention to understand. Um, There's a lot of things that get in the way of that. And particularly a lot of conditioning around other intentions that we bring to uh, to relationship and and communication, particularly when there's any difference or conflict. So, what are some of the more habitual, uh, conditioned intentions that might arise? And we don't need to use the mics. I'll just repeat because I'm just looking for like one word uh, responses. What are some of the more conditioned, habitual intentions that might arise in a dialogue or a relationship that are not helpful? Convincing. So trying to convince the other person to our point of view. Controlling the outcome. So that contraction. Judging. Needing to be right. Huge, huge one. All of these are huge. The controlling. uh, Needing to be right. One of my early communication teachers had a, a lovely phrase. She would say, her name was Sandra Boston, uh, out in Massachusetts. She said, uh, "Would you rather be right or be free?" What else? Change to change someone, right? To change someone, oftentimes a, a, a projected uh, uh, expression of our own anxiety or discomfort or pain. If this person would only be different, then I would feel better. I wouldn't have to deal with the emotions that I'm feeling. Change someone. Validation. Validation. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, maybe a misplaced desire to be seen or understood based on a lack of self-esteem or self-worth. Yeah. 
yeah, revenge, you know, revenge. So the Buddha says, uh, uh, anger with its um, uh, honey-sweetened tip and its poisoned root. That that sense at the beginning that it almost feels like it's going to feel good, but it really actually poisons our heart. So all of these, all of these other any any other big ones that you you want to mention invalidate. to invalidate to make wrong, sure. Defensiveness, defensiveness right? To to be defensive, to protect, to protect ourselves, blame. to blame, to judge, to attack, right? So these are some of those core. Uh, conditioned motivations that that arise uh, when we don't have presence, when we don't have the tools or the awareness to navigate a conversation, to navigate things. Um, And these are learned. These are learned strategies um, to meet our needs, to try to get safe, to try to get things done, uh, because maybe we didn't have any other options. Um, Generally, our response to conflict uh, falls in in uh, four diff- one of four different uh, uh, common camps, and we'll move between them. But uh, often there's there's the confrontational response, right? Which is I'm just going to plow through the other person and steamroll them and get whatever I want, right? Then there's the uh, opposite, which is oh, whatever you need, that's fine. Don't worry about me just the passive response we just give up and give the other and to give away so those two right uh then there's the conflict avoidant response no nothing's wrong just pretend everything's fine it'll go away by itself right very very common um or the or passive aggressive which is a form of confrontation we're pretending everything's okay but subtly um um communicating our displeasure in some way, in some way, and again, these are learned strategies to uh, to try to navigate the world, and they work to a certain extent, or we wouldn't use them. But they all come at a cost, right? They come at a cost in the relationship, in terms of trust and goodwill and connection and intimacy. Um, uh, professionally, they come at a cost in terms of synergy and willingness and creativity, uh, and they come at a personal cost. In terms of uh, integrity and and trust and safety and uh, power and authenticity, we, we give certain things up when we use those strategies. Uh, so the alternative is is a more colla- is a more collaborative approach to actually seek to understand and transform the situation to arrive at something new. And so the engine for that is this this powerful intention to understand, and this is the this is the. Uh, one of the uh, core intentions that drives mindfulness practice uh, and insight vipassana practice is that quality of uh, of interest and experience instead of our conditioned responses to manipulate control uh, get our way in our internal experience to get the things that we want and get away from the things we don't want to actually just begin to try to understand the mind and the heart. What is it like to be human? What is it like to be alive? What is it like for things to change and not be in control as much as I would like? And as we, as we bring that kind of curious, steady attention to experience, 
Uh, it transforms the heart. We, we learn to let go uh, and find something that's actually more resilient and steady than our conditioned uh, uh, ways of being, of navigating our life, of trying to manipulate and control experience to make things comfortable. So the um, the gift of this practice, both meditation practice and interpersonal communication practice, is that uh, we can shape our minds. Intentions can be cultivated and strengthened. So we each know what it's like to feel interested in something, to be curious. And we can strengthen that intention. We can cultivate that intention. And the more we cultivate it, the more it becomes uh, a foundation that's available to us in a wider range of circumstances, even, uh, even when we disagree with what's happening or even when we are being blamed or attacked, that we can remember a different perspective on things and say, what would it be like to try to understand what's happening here? I don't have to agree, but can I understand? Uh, and what helps us to do that is a certain way of looking at things. There's a certain view, a certain orientation to experience. That this is, and this is the foundation, one of the key foundations of nonviolent communication. And that orientation is the principle or the concept that um, everything we do as human beings, we do to meet some need. All of our behavior is an attempt to meet some underlying fundamental need. It might not be successful. It might not be wise. It might not even be conscious. In fact, often it's not. But we can see, we can interpret human behavior as an attempt, as a reach to meet some needs. So the Buddhist way of putting this is all beings want to be happy. All beings want to be happy, just like a plant turns towards light. All beings want to be happy. And the various flavors or facets of happiness that we're longing for in any given moment or situation change. And those are the needs that we have. And those needs are interdependent mostly. We depend on one another. We're not, the, the sense of being self-sufficient is a myth that we receive from our society, that we can somehow exist in this world independently, right? So our bodies, we know, are dependent on the planet and our environment for air and water and food, uh, but our very mind and heart are dependent on one another. Um, and uh, for uh, relational connection, uh, but you know, even just to get through a day, you wake up in the morning, put on clothes, how many people were involved in creating those clothes and getting them to you? You turn on the lights, you, you make breakfast, you get in a car. Everything is interdependent. We are continually dependent on one another. And it's the structure of our economy and money that masks that interdependence. So you go to the store and give someone some money right? rather than actually seeing the exchange of labor and the exchange of goods that's actually happening, that's supporting our life every day. Uh, and so many of the questions that we're facing on the planet today are about how do we live in an interdependent world? How do we share resources? 
you know, as, as, as things change, as resources are limited, as the climate changes, as nations dissolve, as wars happen, how, how do we, how do we uh, get along? And uh, is there a way to, to share resources that doesn't involve killing one another? Right? So these are fundamental questions. Uh, and part of the, one of the keys to, trans, to tr- being able to transform uh, the, the um, challenges that we face uh, per, in our personal lives as well as uh, more, you know, more globally and everything in between is this perspective that uh, we share a certain commonality as human beings, that there's more in common than different among us, and that what, what we share are our needs. We all long to be happy, to be safe, uh, to you know, have some measure of peace around us, to have meaning and creativity, uh, and so forth. So this starts to get into the third foundation of training our attention, of learning to identify what matters. And here the, the second and third foundations support each other. We get curious by recognizing that there's something that matters. What could it be? And so in the training in attention, we train ourselves to learn to differentiate between what we want and why we want it. And this is a key distinction that's transformative and powerful that leads to more freedom. When we can tell the difference between what, what, what's referred to in nonviolent communication as our strategies, which are our ideas about how we meet our needs and the needs underneath them. So coming here today is a strategy for all of us. You know, what needs... What needs are, are we attempting to meet by being here? Anyone want to offer a need of yours that's your cho made you choose to come here today? Great, so a need for more harmony in one's life. She said new tools to deal with stressful situations. So that's still a little bit at the level of strategy. So then the question is if you had that, what would it give you? Harmony, peace, relaxation, ease, connection. What flavor is it for you? Certainty of your actions. So a sense of confidence. Confidence, great. So notice the difference between wanting more confidence, which is more of a root thing, than wanting tools to be able to respond to stressful situations. Yeah. What other needs of yours do you have in just being here today? Great, great. So learning from people who think differently. So a sense of, uh, of not only learning, but uh, expanding one's, uh, one's horizons. Other needs? Connection. Connection. Slowing down. Great, slowing down. So and when you slow down, what does that give you? Great, peace and connection. So this distinction between the strategy and the need and, the, and that way of getting there, of saying, okay, if I had that, what would it give me? Until you get to more of a sense of, oh yeah, that's what I'm longing for. That's what my heart wants. Safety. Safety. Sense of feeling safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I want to do a little guided reflection with you on this. Um, so uh, before we begin, just as we're sitting here talking, uh, 
I want you to think of a situation in your life, uh, not the most uh, um, intense, either positive or negative, not the most charged, uh, but uh, to some significance. Just a situation of something either that went well, that you really kind of enjoyed, was meaningful for you, or something that you would have liked to have seen different. Something that didn't work out so well the way you wanted. And again, don't choose the most challenging or difficult thing uh, because uh, we're learning a new tool here. So you don't want to get flooded or overwhelmed because then it'll be harder to actually practice. So a real situation, recent or past, something that went well, that worked for you, or something that eh, could have been a little bit different, you weren't so pleased, didn't meet your needs in some way. Anybody need more time? Okay, great. So I want to invite you to um, turn your attention inward. And the first thing I want to invite you to do is to identify what specifically, so if it was something that went well, what was the specific thing that happened that worked for you? And if it was something that you didn't enjoy or that didn't go the way you wanted to, I want you to try to think about what could have happened. What would you have wanted to have happened specifically? What could this person have said? What could they have done? Or what, what circumstance would have worked for you? So shifting our attention from what we don't want or just the general sense of I like this to what specifically could have worked for me or what specifically did work for me. Raise your hand if you need more time. Okay. So this is just the first first pass, first step. Being able to actually identify what it is that we did want or do want, which is the strategy, the what. So I just want to hear a few of these, the specific strategy, the what, what you did want Okay, so that might be more of, uh, okay, so the person saying you did a good job, would that be a kind of approval? Okay, okay, approval, so some sense of approval. Uh, other strategy, what, what did you want? What would have worked for you? Or what did work for you? Effortless access. Effortless uh-huh. access. So being able to get what you want whenever you want it. Okay, great. Okay, great. It with a minimal amount of steps. Okay. What else? Easier 
easier transition. What's interesting, some of these are actually starting to get already to the level of needs. You've actually already dropped down a little bit, right? So you wanted an easier transition. What would that have looked like? Give me an example of what an easier transition would have been. Thank you. That's a strategy. Okay? That's a specific thing that this person could have done. You could have said, I'm about to tell you something really difficult to hear, and I'd like to have a conversation about it. So you see how that's a specific thing? That's what, what's one thing that could have worked for you. Okay? As soon as you drop down a level to, uh, I would have liked to transition, now we're getting more to a le- down closer to the levels of needs, and now there are more options. Right? which gives us more choice. So any other strategies? So the, the what? So validation, again, a little bit lower. Um, so how could a person have validated you? What would a strategy have been that would have worked for you to give you the validation you wanted? Mirrored what you needed. Okay, so that's a specific, right? That's a specific thing that someone could have done. Mirrored what you needed, set it back to you. Great. So other specific things that someone could have done or said or maybe did do or say? Um, not hold so tight to a curriculum agenda and adapt to what the group needed. Okay, so, um, so I want to emphasize the positive because you can't do a don't. So adapting to what the group needed, which might have looked like uh, changing, changing the plan in the moment. Okay, great. Oh, I want to back up a Yes? Okay, so to keep an agreement. Yeah, so wanting someone to keep their agreement and do what they had said that they would do. Great, that's a strategy. Yeah. More warning. More warning. How, so, so they might have told you something ahead of time. Great. Okay, one more. Um, a different form of communication. Such as? I was something. Okay, great. So pick up the phone or tell me in person would have worked better. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So just notice the shift from what you don't want or just the general... How many, did anyone choose something that went well? Very, a, couple, a few people. Okay, great. So notice the shift to identifying what it is that you do want or what specifically worked for you. Is there anything about that that's helpful? We tend to focus on what, what's not working or what we don't want without having ideas for what would work. It's particularly when we're in conflict. So just even that is a significant shift, being able to, okay, well, what would have worked for me? What do I want instead of what I don't want, what you're not doing? Okay, so now I want to go back uh, into the reflection. Take that specific strategy invite you to close your eyes or uh, just bring your, your attention inward. And now consider if you had that, or maybe you did have that, what would that give you? So if this person had done or said what you wanted or if it went the way you wanted, what, what would that give you? Why does that matter?
And then ask the question again, if you had that, what would that give you? Why does that matter? And keep asking that question. If I had that, what would that give me? Why does that matter? And sort of descending through these layers of what we want until you get to something that feels like it's at the bedrock, kind of at the root. Oh yeah, this is what I'm longing for. So if I had that thing, what would it give me? Then what would I have? Why does this matter? Just listen inwardly. See what comes. until you feel like you get to some sort of solid sense, something settles inside. You feel like, oh yeah, right. This is what's important to me. This is what matters. This is what I'd like. This is what I'm wanting more of. Okay, so now I want to invite just to hear a few of these. What is, what is that core need that you uncovered? Great, so that you matter. So what I would um, uh, uh, say is um, as long as it's attached to the other person, they're the strategy for knowing that we matter. It's the knowing that you matter that you're longing for. It would be lovely if the other person that you're wanting that from could give it to you, right? But they're the strategy. The need itself is knowing that you matter. So this is a very important distinction. Needs are not tied to a specific person, place, thing, object, or event. Those are the strategies. As long as we stay locked in that strategy, we have less flexibility, choice, and freedom to, to move, to act, and to relate. Okay, great. To be understood. To be understood. Right. So, um, so to, to find a solution that works for, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. And clarity. What else? What other needs did you discover? Trust, a need, a need for trust. Respect. And notice how it is to hear these. Right? So for me, when I hear these words, trust, respect, knowing that I matter, to be understood, to find something that works for everyone, something uh, inside, 
kind of lights up, connects, opens. It's uplifting in some way. There's something inside that says, yes, of course. That's how we know we've got to the level of needs. If you can't get behind it, it's not a need. The very definition of needs as I'm presenting here, this is from nonviolent communication, is something that's universal that we can connect with. Uh, a, a few more. Security. security. Great. Sense of security. Joy. Joy. Purpose. purpose. Yeah. yeah. And how is it for you to connect with these aspects of, of being alive? What's it feel like to, to arrive at that place of, of wanting purpose or wanting joy or wanting security? How does it feel? Well, does it feel contracted or open? Um, how many people does it feel uh, contracted for? Raise your hand if it's contracted. A few people. What I might suggest is look and see, is the contraction based on a belief or fear that you won't have that? Right. So if that's the case, it's just shifting the attention to the need itself. For how many people does it feel some sense of openness or being uplifted? Yeah. How many people feel more connected to yourself when you identify this need? Yeah. So this is one of the key trainings uh, in, in our attention, is learning to identify what matters. This is, this is the, 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 the place that we can actually begin to understand one another and navigate things. Is what's behind this? What matters? What matters? And this is a way that we can practice the genuine intention to understand by focusing our attention on what matters. What matters here? What's important to this person? Okay? So this is a different way of listening. So rather than listening with just the sense of open, undivided presence, we can come from a place of presence and listen with interest. What matters here? This is another word for this is empathy. This is one particular kind of empathy. To focus our attention on what matters. And this is transformative in dialogue. To be able to offer this to another person. To be able to offer it to ourself. To know what matters for us if the other person can't offer it to us. So I'd like to do, um, I'd like to do a practice with this. Uh, any, any, um, any questions uh, so far about this? Please. Could we get her a mic? Just in front of you. Jim has one. Maybe I'm jumping ahead, but aren't conflicts when two different people have different needs? Uh huh. So it's not. Yeah. So the the um. Thank you. So there are two things. So one. Um. The deeper we go in the layer of the needs, the less conflict there is. So the understanding is that our conflicts occur at the level of our strategies, our ideas for how to meet our needs. 
So the, the, the deeper we go down into what it is we're actually longing for and wanting, the less conflict there is. So that's one aspect of what you're talking about. The other aspect is that um, when we shift our intention from getting what we want, from the fixation on our strategy to understanding, and what Marshall used to, Marshall Rosenberg, the founder of NVC, what he, he was, his way of phrasing this was that we focus on creating a quality of connection that's, uh, that helps to meet needs. The mechanism for creating that quality of connection that, I, that I'm putting forward is understanding. So when we, when we genuinely understand one another and have that quality of connection, what, what can arise is compassion and transformation. So that if you have a certain need and I have a certain need and we actually really fully understand one another in that need, the conflict starts to dissolve because our positions shift based on that understanding and the way that we're relating to and holding those needs shifts. And it, and it begins that, that, whole, that whole trajectory of being able to, in a dialogue, identify, have a genuine intention to understand, create some human connection, move from we're in conflict to how can we look at this together and work together to figure out how to meet the needs that are on the table, making that shift, identifying what matters, and then working collaboratively to brainstorm and design some kind of uh, strategies that can meet as many of the needs as possible, all of that begins with this first shift of what matters. What's this about for myself or for the other person? And so that's what I want to practice right now. So thank you for that, which is a kind of a, a completing the arc of where this, where this skill fits. Um, so you'll be working with a, with a partner again, and um, a similar structure in that one person will be listening, one person will be speaking. And so uh, the speaker, I'm going to invite you to share about um, a situation in your life that has some significance to you. Uh, Don't choose the most, if you're choosing something difficult, don't choose the most challenging situation. So like on a scale of a one to a 10, choose like a four. Okay, if you're trying to learn to swim, you don't jump in the sea on a stormy day. And so we're practicing a tool here. So choose something that's manageable. So you're just gonna sh- you're just gonna share for uh, like uh, about three minutes or so. So short short story you can summarize, tell situation in three minutes, um, and uh, invite you to practice bringing some presence to your speaking. So the listener uh, invite you to listen with the intention to understand, the genuine intention to understand. Okay, and. At the end of the person's uh, story, um, I'll ring the bell, and then you're going to consider the question, what matters? What's this about? Underneath the story, underneath the content, what matters about this to this person? And you're just going to take a guess. You're just going to ask a question to see if, uh, if you're getting at the heart of it. Is this what matters? Is it something about this? Is this what's important to you?
okay? So I'd like to just demonstrate this briefly with someone. Uh, if you could tell me just a short snippet of something in like a minute, we'll do a shorter version. Something that matters, something of some significance, positive or negative for you. Yeah, please. So we'll just get you a mic if we can. Well, it's being recorded, so if we, if we use the mic, it gets uh, just, yeah, great. Can you hear me now? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, I was home last weekend, home with my, you know, um, biological family with uh, an eldest of three, uh, but it was just me home that weekend visiting my parents in Los Angeles. And um, in the morning, I walked out and overheard the end of a conversation that my parents were having, and I heard my father say, that's not a part of our relationship. And I couldn't detect his tone, but I defaulted to worry. I'm 29, 28, and I still worried. Fast forward to the end of the day, and my both of my parents, again, we sat down, and my mom walked me through the two photo albums they had each made each other over the last couple of years from their wedding day in 1986. And uh, just that one hour of sitting with the two of them, um, seeing the photos, hearing the stories, drinking sort of cheap champagne and mimosas together on a Sunday night last Sunday, uh, it all felt very related and very, very special. Oh, maybe I'm saying too much now, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah. So the, the, the story, the memory is of sitting with yeah. my parents yeah. and hearing the retelling of their wedding day. Thank you. So now I'm just kind of considering, right, this beautiful story and in, inside here in my heart, just, okay, what matters, you know? And so I'm just going to take a guess. I don't have to get it right, but I'm just going to offer what I'm hearing might matter and, and see. Um, What's your name? Olivia. Olivia. Um, it sounds like it was a really sweet uh, time. And I don't know, I'm wondering if... Maybe there was something precious about getting to connect with your parents in that way that was really meaningful. Should I respond? Yeah. <laughs> yes, no, also. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just briefly, yeah. Yes, and yes, and what mattered to me in that moment was also uh, seeing, as their child, seeing their connection, uh, uh-huh. which has not always been Got it. Yeah. a source of comfort. Yeah. And uh-huh. so to feel Great. safe Great. in that moment okay. and hope, I guess, and what was under the hope was... Mm. Well, safety. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Olivia. So that's the sense of it. So there's a story. There's a considering. What matters here? Then there's a, then there's a question. I didn't tell her. I'm not psychoanalyzing her. Right? I'm not telling her what her needs are or anything. Um, this is a very natural guessing at, at what's underneath, what could have mattered to this. And then just a brief response. Notice that I didn't, I wasn't, I didn't cover the whole thing, right? Um, and yet there was, and there was more, and that was also nourishing to hear. Okay? So this is the, this is the format. So, um, and again, we'll do this as um, 
a structured exercise so that we can practice with bringing presence to the whole process. Uh, so um, I'm going to challenge you uh, to find a partner in silence uh, simply because it tends to uh, take less time without words. So see if you can find a partner and find a spot in the room in silence. Someone you haven't worked with, yeah, yeah, would be the, would be the, the suggestion. So once you've got your partner, uh, raise your hand if, if you need a partner. If you don't have a partner, raise your hand high and look for someone else with their hand up. There you are. Okay. Anyone else need a partner? So I'm wondering if one of the volunteers would be willing to step out. Oh, wait. Do you need a partner? Okay, so uh, could one of the volunteers for, for the day step out so she can? Great, thank you. Great. All right, so uh, if one person in each group could raise your hand who's willing to share first, to tell your story first, great. So let's continue building on what we were working on this morning in terms of presence. So I invite you to just begin by uh, establishing a sense of embodied awareness. So take a moment to just center yourself. So listeners, listening with the intention to understand. Just practicing what that feels like. And speakers, as you share, see if you can bring some of what we were working on in the morning to this, to your speaking. Bring some, some thread or continuity of awareness, whether it's pausing or uh, modifying your pace or just keeping some attention in your body. And when you're ready, you can allow your eyes to open. So starting with a conscious breath.
So wherever you happen to be, if you're willing to, to pause, you're probably not finished with your story yet, but there's probably enough that's been shared to get a sense. So listeners, focus your attention now on that question. What matters underneath the story, underneath the specifics? What might matter about this? At that, at that deeper level of needs. And so for this next cycle, you're going to take a guess. You're just asking a question to see, is this what's going on for you? Is this, is this what matters here? Is this what's important? And then speaker, um, you're going to respond briefly, kind of in the way Olivia did. Just, um, just a sentence or two to clarify. Yep, that's it. You know, that's, that's, or, you know, no, not quite. It's this or yes and, just a short sentence, okay? So a question and then a, and then a response to, to fill out or clarify. Okay, so let's take two more minutes just for that. The question and the response. So if you can bring your bring your conversation to a close. So I just invite you to try to wrap it up. Okay, we'll have some more time at the end to explore.
So we'll trade roles and do the same thing. So beginning by reestablishing a sense of embodied awareness coming from presence. So new speakers, see what it's like if you can be aware as you speak. You know, can you choose your words, know what you're saying? Try pausing, try feeling your body. See if you can bring a sense of clear awareness to the process of speaking. And listeners, just cultivating that genuine intention to understand. Don't worry about figuring out what you're going to say or planning. Just listen. But with that sense, that orientation of, wow, I don't really understand this. So letting your eyes open. Starting with a conscious breath.
Okay. So bringing this segment to a close. And listeners coming to that question inside. Okay, so what, what matters here? You know, what's this about? What's, what's important underneath the story? And then you're just going to take a guess. You don't need to get it right. It's just that spirit of inquiry. Is this what matters? Is it something about this? Is this what's important to you? At the level of the needs, not so much the strategy, not did you want them to say this, but why? Why is that important? What were they longing for? See if you can focus there and ask the question, simple question, and then simple response. Yes, no, maybe, also, also this. So if you can pause for a moment. Don't worry, I'm not going to cut you off. Just take a pause here. All right. Cool. I love the, the, the vibrant energy in the room. It makes me very happy. 
So what I want to do is let's take another five minutes and just talk about the activity. Um, so again, the, the, the first, my suggestion is that your first pass in the conversation be about the process of the, of the activity rather than the content. I'm sure there's very rich content that you have interest to explore, right? Comparing notes, and this is what it was like for me to hear that, and oh my God, I can totally relate. Okay. Um, but, but see if there isn't something to share actually first about how it was to, how it was to listen. How it was to get the question. How'd that feel? When your partner asked that question, what did it do for you? You know, just talk about that level of things first. And so um, uh, feel free to structure the time in whatever way you like. I'll ring a bell halfway through to just to give you a high sign. Hey, it's, it's half the time. Okay. And once again, uh, so we have this wonderful opportunity today that we've all come together here. Um, to practice things that we don't get to practice very often in a structured way. And so the activity we just did is, is a very formal. We're taking turns. There's a role, right? Now there's this informal practice. The informal practice is as important, if not more important, than the structured practice. Because our lives are this informal flow, right? So... As you shift gears now into more of a free-form conversation, see if you can continue to bring some of these qualities into the exchange. Whether it's just the simple fact of presence or perhaps the intention to understand as you listen. Okay? So let's begin again just by reestablishing a clear sense of embodied presence as a foundation. Whenever you're ready.
so that's so that's halfway. If you like, I invite you to take a pause. Notice if you're really pausing or if you're just holding your breath. (laughs) Ah. And feel free to continue whenever you like. So I invite you to thank your partner and uh, bring yourself back to the large group. So... Let's discuss. Remember coffee talk? So uh, let's, uh, let's use the mics so folks can hear. Uh, and maybe I'll, I'll begin by uh, saying if you've spoken already today,
uh, maybe hang back. Let's leave some space for people who haven't spoken first. Please. Questions, insights, challenges? That was really powerful. Wonderful. Do you want to say more? I met, yes. I met a great lady. And in the process, Oren, that exchange was really represented an opening. So I had a great story, the one that I hang on to. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Only one? Or two or three. It repeats. Same Uh thing. Uh Um, Was being vulnerable Mm -hmm. and very open. Mm -hmm. And so then they get to the part of being authentic Mm -hmm. and being seen and heard. Mm -hmm. And you know what? It's scary. Mm. Yeah. Now I understand the word courage, that it Mm. really takes courage. Mm. So, thank you, Orin. Great. You're welcome. For this space. Yeah. So how many people can relate to what uh, this person is saying, particularly around the vulnerability and that fear of actually really showing up and expressing something? Yeah, yeah. And I want to be clear, you know... um, We can come to, you know, a workshop like this and and leave with the message that... uh, like I'm always supposed to communicate at the deepest level. Uh, and uh, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> what, I, what I'm interested in is, is, is having more choice in our lives and more flexibility and versatility in how we communicate. You know, it's not appropriate to always communicate at the deepest, most vulnerable level. It might not be conducive to connection, the other person isn't, hasn't signed up for that, and it might actually be quite damaging to share something really vulnerable and not have it be met in the way that you would like. You know? But when we don't have access to that dimension of human connection, we're living in a way that's stunted. You know? Okay, other questions, uh, comments, or experiences? Yeah. Down, down in front here. And if the next person wants to raise their hand, we can get the mic to you beforehand so that you're ready. I found that when I was telling my story, I was also questioning myself what was my need under there. So I was kind of analyzing myself as I was telling it. Great, (laughs) great. How many people had that experience that just, yeah. So, and this this is as much this training of attention to identify needs is as much about identifying our own needs and being, having more self-awareness as it is about being able to bring that quality of interest and attention to someone else's experience. Who's next? Um, so I was the listener first, and um, I hadn't picked my story that I was going to say, so I had to really work hard to not be thinking about what my story was going to be. Yeah. And it made me realize how often people are talking where I'm rehearsing what I'm going to say because of that or that yep. or whatever. And I really tried to bring myself in and just listen to her so that when it did become my turn, I had no story yet. <laughs> <laughs> Great. You were successful. The freedom of not having a story. How many people can relate to that sense of other thoughts coming in and needing to right, right. Yeah, you need to clear the space away and keep coming back, keep coming back to just listening. Was there someone else with this? I'll go. 
Thank you, Jim. Um, well, I was the listener, but her story was my story. Mm-hmm. So it was a little tricky. I mean, she, what she was feeling evoked feelings in me. I teared up. Uh-huh. And yeah. I, I was okay about that. Yeah. But, um, you know, the yeah. train starts running, yeah. the, the stories or whatever. But yeah, it was, yeah. that was kind of interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like your heart was, was very open. You were able to hear what she was saying on a very personal, deep level because you shared some of that experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But the tricky part is not to... It's, it's like, okay... Um, well, just after tearing up, I wanted yes. to cry. I wanted to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to, how to, to, to keep the space for the other person and yeah. not let one's own right. inner experience take over. And in this kind of a structured activity, that's the focus. Maybe in a real-life situation, there's, there can be more flexibility in space, right, for when mm-hmm. someone says mm-hmm. something Hopefully. and yeah. there's a reaction to be able to say, wow, I'm actually feeling a lot. Can, can you hold on a sec? Or, yeah. Yeah, great. Other experiences, please. Okay. Yeah, as a listener, um, I had to really suppress this feeling of wanting to stop and ask the question during the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't want to wait to the end. Right, I was like, right. No, oh, I got a question right now. Yeah, yeah. So that was difficult for me. Great. Um, and and then you know, okay. And then at the end, well, can I interrupt you first? Sorry. <laughs> no, it's it's a, it's it's actually so you know this is one of the. Um, one of the limits, right, of, of different exercises and doing them in a structured way. So if we had more time, we would do another exercise just the way you described, actually. And in real life, it's often more like that, right? right. Where there is just that sense of there's a give and a take, there's a flow, someone's sharing, and like some, they say something that's significant, and it's like, oh, wait. And then, and then we can interject, like, oh, is this what's going on? Is this what matters to you? And it might be a need or it might be a feeling. And then in that way of, of checking back and forth, we build connection and understanding. And so that very much is the sense of flow. And I'm so, I'm so glad that you experienced that. I think he had a second, there was a second part. To oh, yeah, question. well, okay. Just the second one was, was as I told my story, um, and the listener uh, then asked the questions, and the question that was asked, um, what it did was it wasn't exactly maybe what I was thinking, but, you know, it made me dig, dig a little deeper to see what I really needed. I mean, what, what was really behind it? What mattered? Because at first, what I thought part of the story was what mattered wasn't really what it was. Yeah. And so that got me thinking on a deeper level. Beautiful. How many people can, re- can relate to what he just said? The question revealed to you a deeper layer in some way of what was important yeah this is this is this is the experience i often have doing this activity and this is one of the gifts of this kind of empathy okay is that and why it's so important to get that we don't have it's not about being right it's not about being right it's just about the genuineness of our intention to understand and then we offer something it's like we just show the other person a mirror like from this point of view here's what i'm hearing is that what's real? And then the other person, it's like we get to see ourselves. We get to look in the mirror and go, oh no, it's actually not that. Or yeah, that's part of it, but this other piece is missing. Like, like happened with Olivia. Yeah? Great. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Other experiences, comments? Um, just the piece about that 
the asking the question, is this what matters, rather than telling. I have a tendency to do that, and I've definitely had um, well-meaning individuals in my life who've tended to do that. And I realized in the moment, um, the exchange with Cindy, that that framing it as a question gives the other person, person permission to say no. Because I've been in situations where people will tell me what it is that matters to me, and I feel this weird right. obligation to be like, "Oh yeah, that." Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because they're trying so hard to help or fix. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I love the question frame because it's yeah. just permission; it's liberating. Yeah. yeah, great. Thank you. I'm so glad. And so you touch on something really important here that I want to tease out, right? Which is um, two things. So one. Um, The spirit of this is, is, a, is a sense of checking. That's the question. It's that we're checking if we've understood. Sometimes we know. You know, like it's been said, a lot of communication is nonverbal. And sometimes our empathy is just the kind of silent empathy that we practiced earlier this morning. Where it's just that complete wholehearted presence. And this is, this is one form of empathy. And, and, and there's understanding happening. And it's being communicated and transmitted in, in facial expression, in tone of voice, in eye contact. Okay? Um, this, is a, this is another form of empathy. I'm going to describe three forms of empathy. So the first is just this wholehearted presence. The second, which we're not going to practice, but I want to name, and we're not going to practice it because I think we all know how to do it. The second is just summarizing, just paraphrasing the content. And this is very helpful, actually, can be very important, particularly when there are a lot of details and someone's talking, to be able to just pause and say, hang on, I just want to make sure I'm still with you. Here's what I'm hearing. This happened, then that happened, and then that was really hard, and then you were hoping for this. Am I got it? Great. And then we continue. That kind of paraphrasing, not only does it help the other person feel understood, but often it can help us kind of stay in tune, right? Paraphrasing can also help to de-escalate a situation when there's a lot of activation, and maybe the person isn't ready to go to feelings or needs, okay? So for those of you who are in helping professions um, of some kind, uh, you know, this is, I'm sure you're already familiar with, but just kind of naming this as another form of empathy to just paraphrase the content, to summarize, okay? And then the third form of empathy is, is what we're practicing, which is, ref, which is a deeper layer of reflecting what matters and, and asking and checking. And we've, we've been practicing it in terms of the needs, what matters the most. Um, but oftentimes what matters are the feelings, that's what's most alive. How many of you in your question actually included some emotional uh, uh, content about what mattered to the person, right? Yeah, because sometimes that's what's salient is the emotional content. And then, there's, and then there's that layer of why, what we're longing for. So these are three kinds of empathy that we can practice. The, the wholehearted presence, summarizing, and then going to a deeper level of what matters, reflecting feelings or needs. And the other thing you mentioned is all of the other ways that we respond that are not em- empathy. And you mentioned, too, trying to fix or change the other person, right? What are some other ways that we habitually respond or others respond to us 
that are non-empathic. To negate, right? To just say, oh no, that's not, don't worry about that, it's not important, or you think that's bad, right? (laughs) Problem solving. Yeah, yeah, strategizing, problem solving. Oh, here, let me, let me like, oh, let me give you a strategy, giving advice. Sharing your own personal experience and response. Yes. Same thing happened to me. Sharing your own personal experience and response. Right, right, right. Discounting. Discounting. Blaming. Shutting the conversation down, just changing the subject, or I don't want to talk about that, or body language, just not going there. What, what did you say? Interrupting. Interrupting. Mm-hmm. Changing the subject. Making a joke. Getting defensive. Right? So all of these things that, uh, that actually often inhibit connection and understanding that are not empathic, that, uh, that we do. All of us, you know, in different, in different moments, in different ways, because it's habitual. And when we taste the, the, the power of this kind of listening, and it doesn't always need to be this deep, right? Just even kind of like, oh, is this what's going on for you? Oh, wow, sounds like that was really uh, enjoyable, what you're, what you're talking about. Uh, can be uh, so connecting and nourishing and it also, how many people felt a sense of like something settling or feeling complete after that exchange? Yeah. So this is, I see you've got your hand up and I will, I will come to you in a second. Um, this, is a set, this is an essential part of communication. So we communicate to create understanding, Right? I'm trying to send a message across. The only way to know if communication is happening is to check if message sent was message received. Right? The only way to really know. We can, we can guess, we can say maybe, it seems like they understood. If I tell you something uh, and I say, do you understand? And you say yes, what do I know? No, I know something. What do I know? I know they heard the question. Do I know if they understood? I know that they think they understood. But I don't know if they actually understood. The only way to know what they've understood is to find out what did you understand, right? And so this is about offering a reflection. So empathy is one form of a reflection. So I call this completing a cycle of communication. When we know that message sent was message received when we get that confirmation back. And when we get that confirmation back, often there's, there's a feeling of something landing, something's complete. It's like, right, yeah, you got it. Meet you there at five. Okay, I'll meet you there at five. Done. That really hurts. Oh God, I'm so sorry. That really hurt. Oh, they heard me. Something... Something settles, something lands. Versus, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to, right? Nothing landed, right? So this is, this little activity that we just did of um, listening for what matters and offering a guess, this is the central building block of communication. It's not always at the level of depth that we just practiced, but this ability 
to listen with an intention to understand and then check if we've understood, that's how we build understanding. That's how we communicate. And being able to do it in the reverse, to be able to say, you know, I just said a whole lot. What are you, what are you hearing? What are you getting? I'd love to hear what, you, what you're taking from this. Asking the other person to offer some kind of reflection or, or guess uh, for this. And there's, there's a page at the end of your packet with some suggestions on how to do that, some language for that. So you had a, you had a question. Do you have the mic? Jim, Jim will give you one. Yeah, I struggle when I get response to from someone of, I'll send you white light or I'll pray for you. I know I should feel good about that, <laughs> but it does. I don't right. know how to categorize it as empathetic, compassionate maybe, but right. empathy is great. So you share something difficult. Right. And the other person says, I will pray for oh, you. Oh, sweetheart, I'm sending you white light. Okay. UPS, FedEx, I don't know, right. but I'm not getting it. <laughs> right. So, um, so two things. So one... Um, how I might respond just personally in that moment. Uh, I'm imagining I might say something like, thank you so much. I'm so glad you care. Because that's, that's the message I'm hearing is that they care and they want to contribute. I'm so glad you want to contribute to my well-being. Thank you. That's really meaningful. That's, that's one. Depending on the kind of relationship you have with this person, what, you, what, what I also might do is I might try to make more clear what it is that I'm wanting when I share the piece that I'm sharing. So I might say, da 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 and this thing, da 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 and da 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 And what would be really lovely right now is to just know how you feel hearing me say that. Or what might be really meaningful right now is for you to just tell me what you're hearing, I'm going through because I'm kind of stuck in it and just getting a reflection would be really meaningful. Do you think you could do that for me? So oftentimes we share something and we don't let the other person know what we want back. This is coming to your question about the difference between feelings, needs, and requests. If we don't make a request, if we don't tell the other person how they can contribute to our needs, then they're left to just guess. So why not tell them and say, here's how you could contribute to me. Here's what I'm wanting. Here's what would be meaningful. Here's what would be useful. Here's what would be nourishing to me. Could, you know, what do you think? And sometimes we might need to do that at the front end. We might need to front load the conversation and say, hey, I wanted to share some stuff that's going on with you right now, in my life right now. And uh, just for like right now, what would be most meaningful is if you could just listen and I know you probably have advice or some ideas, and maybe I'm happy to listen to that later, but just to start, do you think you have some space to just listen? To just begin with that? So those are some of the ways that you might frame things so that you're more likely to get your needs met. Okay, we have time for maybe one more, and then I want to take a, a, a little break. Any questions or, uh, or comments from this uh, activity? So this is this uh, really focused on the se- second foundation of coming from curiosity and care, cultivating a genuine intention to understand, often easier to do when the conversation is about a third party than when it's about something live, 
right, about something between us. But very possible to cultivate, to learn how to do this. And, and it takes practice to remember that this is a possibility. Instead of discounting, blaming, strategizing, changing, fixing, one-upping, right? That we have the po- defending, that we have the possibility of saying, oh, I could just listen. <laughs> I could just try to understand what this person's saying. I don't need to agree with them, even if it's about me. I could just try to understand what matters to them. What are they actually saying? Huge, huge shift. This is a really radical shift. And then in so doing, begin to build understanding. One step at a time. And we might need to do this in a a heated conversation or a complex interaction multiple times. It might be statement, reflection, statement, reflection, statement, statement, reflection, statement, 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 reflection, right? Before there's, there's the kind of sense of settling or understanding. And then, it, and then it shifts to, I'd love to share a little bit about what's going on for me. You know, can you, can you, hear, can you hear me for a little bit? Great. All right, so let's take a break, uh, stretch the legs, take about 15 minutes. Uh, we'll start again at 3.30.
also invite you to make your way back to the room and Danny, Donny, Danny, are you a volunteer for today? Could you just bump out there and see if someone wants to ring a bell? Great, thanks. Okay. So we've focused a lot on uh, the first two foundations of presence and intention and dipped into a little bit the training of attention with talking about needs. And um, I want to expand a little bit and, and look a little bit at the at feelings and needs and start to explore the other side of communication, which is uh, speaking, expressing ourselves. So, yeah, so Mark had a question. So why don't you just speak up and I'll repeat it. Yeah, the question, the insight for me was that speaking with embodied presence is quite a bit harder than listening with embodied presence. At least I found that more true. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So noticing that if one is pausing as a strategy to practice embodied presence, that uh, um, other people might begin speaking before you're finished, which is a more neutral way of saying interrupting. Yeah. Uh, if you say, <laughs> or if you say you interrupted me, generally people sort of get defensive. It's, you know, like I wasn't finished is just more like, oh, I wasn't finished. You know, I'd like to finish. So, um, and so just how to navigate that. So. 
Um, just a couple things. So one is one of the things we were talking about on the break was um, when we speak, oftentimes we, we tend to share uh, more than someone can digest at once. So one of the things to learn to do is to chunk your information, to just express one idea at a time or one point at a time. And if we're speaking in more succinct ways, then it not only uh, is it less likely that someone will begin speaking before we finish, <laughs> but it's more likely that they'll understand what we're saying because we're giving a chance for each point to kind of land and clarify. So that's one aspect of it. Um, uh, the other aspect, yeah, is being, is being able to just redirect. So if someone begins before we're finished, uh, there's a choice point, whether or not in the conversation, whether or not we actually want to follow their track and offer some empathy or respond to what they've said, or try to just bring the focus back to ourselves and say, you know, thanks, that's important. I'm happy to get to that. And I wasn't quite finished. So I'd like to just say a little bit more. Okay. And so the two parts to that, the first part is first affirming or acknowledging what's been said. So we're not shutting the other person down. So some way of going, yes, right? You know, thank you for saying that. Yes. And there was a little bit more that I wanted to say first. Would you mind if I continued? Okay. So that's, that's one side of it. The other side is what about when we want to interrupt? As, uh, as this gentleman earlier was saying, you know, we have something we want to ask or we'd like to interject or that we'd like to say and how to do that skillfully, right? And so again, in doing that, there are these two parts and often my suggestion would be to lead with something that's going to be connecting to say like, um, I'd really like to clarify something, you know, or I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Um, I'm having difficulty listening because there's something else I need to say or ask first, right? So we frame the interruption around wanting to actually continue the conversation and stay connected, right? I'm, I'm so, excuse me, I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to interrupt you. I'm really having trouble uh, staying with you because there's this other thing that I need to clarify first or there's something else I really want to say or I really need to ask a question, right? So when it comes in that way, the other person sees how the interruption is actually in service of connection and understanding and then, there's, and then often more likely to just say, oh yeah, what's up, right? And then to ask our question and to, or to insert or whatever it is. Okay, so thank you. So um, I want to do one more series, one more series of activities, okay? I want to take a lot of what we've been doing today and apply it to a situation. Um, A situation where you have something to uh, work out or talk about with someone else, okay? Uh, Again, don't choose the most difficult thing in your life. Uh, Choose something that seems like it's workable, but there's there's something there to actually deal with, okay? Uh, And... um, it could be something that's, that's in the past that's already happened and the conversation has already happened and you're wondering how, you might, how it might have gone differently or how you might replay it with these tools. Or it could be a conversation that has yet to happen. Okay. So the first step is, is I want to invite us to do just a silent reflection on your own, doing what I call an empathy map. So we've been talking about empathy 
which literally means to feel into. Okay, so this capacity that we have um, to to sense another's experience from from their point of view, and so um, so the first step is to just think of the situation that you want to work with, and this will be something that you'll be role playing in the second part of this activity with someone else. So it should be something that you can actually feel comfortable with to tell someone, here's what happened. Uh, here's, you know, how I'm thinking about this and then do a little uh, role play about the situation. Then I want you to take a piece of paper and make a little uh, chart. That's like, that's written up there. And on the left side is going to represent you. I have written up there the word self, yourself, oneself. And on the top, the top quadrant there, I want you to write your own, feel, your own feelings in this situation. And in the practice of nonviolent communication, we define feelings in a very specific way. Feelings are the felt emotions that we have internally without reference to thoughts or interpretations. So rather than I feel blamed or I feel judged, which are stories about what you're doing to me, you see that? I feel ignored. I feel attacked. I'm, te- I'm telling a story about what you're doing. But the actual felt emotions, I feel hurt, scared, confused, upset, angry, dismayed, annoyed, irritated. Okay? Um, so the feelings that you have in the situation. And then what needs of yours are present? What matters to you? What is it you're longing for? To explore that some. And then on the other side to stretch your heart, to cultivate this genuine intention to understand and try to imagine what could this other, what is this other person feeling? What emotions are present for them? And what might they be needing? What matters to them? What are they wanting or longing for in this situation? You might find there's a list, there are two lists in your packet on page two and three of one list of feelings and one list of needs, you might find it helpful if you haven't done practice with this before to refer to those, to to get ideas for some of the feelings you might be having or some of the needs that that you or the other person might have. So let's take about 10 minutes and uh, just map this out. So choose a situation that's a real life situation of yours where there's some difference or conflict with the other with another person. Okay? And then clarify how you're feeling and what you're needing. And then shift your attention to the other person to imagine to have some empathy for how they're feeling and what they might be needing. Make sense? Any questions? Just do it on paper, yeah.
So the, the, the question or the is choose a situation where there's some difference or conflict in your life that you would like to have a conversation with someone about. You had a disagreement, something's not working, present or past or future. And then think about that situation and uh, consider how you're feeling about it, what you're needing or wanting, how the other person's feeling, what they're needing or wanting. So if you finish, the next, the next uh, part, and don't worry, I'll repeat this if you're not done, but the next part is to think about how you might approach this conversation in a new way or a different way based on what you've learned so far today. So based on 
presence, an intention to understand, uh, understanding of needs and being able to dialogue about that, how might you approach this situation in a way that's different based on what you've learned today? to contemplate that. Take another uh, another two minutes just to try to wrap things up. And again, if you're if you're done with the map, then just considering this question of how might I approach the situation in a new way based on what I've learned today.
Okay. So what I'd like to do now is to, um, in a moment, I'll invite you to find uh, one more partner for this last exercise. And first, I invite you to um, uh, tell the other person what the situation is just in one or two sentences, so without going into all of the details, but just they're going to they're gonna role play, they're going to be the other person. So, you know, you're my boss, and uh, this is how you generally relate, uh, and here's what matters to me. Okay. Just give them the, the frame. Uh, and then to take a, a couple minutes to talk about how you want to approach the situation. So I'm interested in really having a genuine intention to understand, or I'm trying to, um, I'd like to uh, approach the situation uh, in a way of finding something that works for both of us. Or I'd like to have more patience in the conversation. Or um, I'd like to be really authentic. I tend to, you know, I tend to just, let go of myself. I'd like to be more authentic. Or I have no problem speaking my mind, but I tend to not uh, care so much for the impact of the other person. I'd like to bring more of a, a kind of sensitivity and care for the other person. You get the sense? So something you're, you'd like to practice doing differently. Okay, so to identify that and let your partner know, here's what I'd like to practice with. Here's what I'm going to try to work with and, and um, explore in the role play. So you'll have a few minutes to do that, to tell them who they are, what the situation is, and what it is that you'd like to try to do differently. Then I'll ring the bell, say okay, and then you'll have uh, about four or five minutes to do, to, to do the role play, just to just try having the conversation, okay? Uh, and take it as far as you go. Okay. Tell the other person how hard you want them to play. Okay, so you know what I mean by that? In, uh, in like wrestling and martial arts, they'll say, you know, play at 50%, play at 80%, play at 100%. So what I mean, if you could just hold your comments, folks, if you could just hold your talking for just another minute till I finish the instructions, thanks. So to how much resistance you want in the conversation from the other person. So because this is a practice, so you can gauge, you know. Take the five minutes or so to do the role play, and then you'll have a few more minutes afterwards to talk about how it went, what worked, what didn't work, and get feedback from the other person. You know, were they able to, f- what, what parts of what you did felt like, yeah, I was really feeling you were being really patient here and this thing, and then this other thing happened, and I, I kind of lost that sense of patience. Okay, so you can talk about how it went. Is that making sense? Great. So, um, Once again, uh, I challenge you (laughs) to see if you can find a partner and a a spot in the room uh, as quietly as possible, just so it happens more, uh, flows with more efficiency. Uh, uh, I'll walk you through it. So it'll be about 15 minutes per person.
So, so begin. Begin by deciding. So begin by deciding who's going to be practicing first. Okay, and let's take a few minutes to just tell your partner the story and what it is you're working on. If you get through that in a minute or two and you're ready to start, feel free to start. Okay. If, if not, I will ring a bell after a few minutes to indicate, okay, shift gears to actually doing the role play. So once you tell the person who they are and what it is you'd like to work on, have the conversation. Role play the conversation. So you want to have this conversation with them. So they're going to be the other person. And you're going to practice some of the tools we've been using today. Listening, speaking, having an intention to understand, being present, whatever it is you're choosing that you want to work on. And uh, play act the conversation with the other person. Okay? okay? So um, I will ring a bell to say if you haven't started yet, please start uh, the role play. One another question, please. It's up to you based on the specific conversation. Yeah, so this, so this, thank you. So the activity we did beforehand was a way of helping you to um, have a fuller understanding of what's at play, right? Of the forces that are at work and to begin to have more empathy for yourself and for the other person. You may or may not get into these details depending on the context in the conversation, Okay. Great. So share the situation, what it is you're working on, and in a few minutes I'll ring a bell to say, uh, you know, begin if you haven't yet. It's 420, so we have 25 minutes. So if we've got 25 minutes, that's 12 and a half. So if we go two and a half, five and five.
Okay. So the invitation is to shift gears from the explaining and framing, if uh, if you can, to actually doing the doing the role play. So uh, the other person knows who they are. So uh, for you to begin the conversation and practice with uh, whatever tool it is that you're wanting to use, and you'll have about four or five minutes to uh, to explore the conversation.
Okay. So I'd like to invite you to uh, pause your role play. You probably haven't finished the conversation, but you've had some of it. And uh, to shift gears now to getting some feedback and exploring how that went. And so my suggestion would be that you as the practitioner first share what went well for you, you know, some reflections on how it was for you, and then invite your partner to offer any, um, any ideas or input about how they experienced you knowing what it is that you were trying to do, what it is you were trying to work on. Okay? Please.
Okay. So much to share. So we're going to turn the tables now and switch roles. So same process. So we'll begin with uh, the, new, the new practitioner, the new speaker, taking a couple minutes to just share what the situation is and what it is that you're wanting to practice with, how it is you want to approach the situation differently. And uh, if you finish that uh, quickly before I ring the bell, then feel free to move right on into the role play. And if not, I'll ring the bell in, in a couple minutes to just signal uh, best to move on to the role play now. So the invitation to shift gears and uh, begin the role play.
Okay, so last uh, last phase, just checking in uh, on uh, how it went. So for the practitioner or speaker to first offer some reflections on how it felt for you, what went well, what uh, what you still would like to work on, and then to get some reflection or feedback from your partner.
Okay. So, please thank your partner. Find, find a way to tie up the loose end and uh, bring your attention back here to the large, to the large group. Finish up, say thank you, and come back. Okay. So we're coming up to the end of our afternoon together. And... Uh, I want to do a few, just a few final things together. So first, um, going back to the empathy map, the the preparation you did for the role play. How many people found it useful to take the time to do that? Wonderful. So this is something that you can just, this, this particular exercise, take home and use it. Anytime you have a conversation coming up that might be challenging or difficult or you need to talk to someone about it, take five minutes. Just go through the steps. Think about it. How many people were surprised? How many people found it difficult to um, uh, imagine what the other person was feeling or needing? How many people found it difficult to sense their own feelings or needs in the situation? Mm-hmm. How many people were surprised to find that you shared some of the same needs Yeah, often happens. Okay, great. Uh, So I'd love to hear just a few highlights or if there are any burning questions that came out of the role play. Again, we won't have time to hear from everyone and in particular giving the time of the afternoon. um, This will just be a very brief sort of sampling. Any, uh, any, you know, moments or insights uh, or, you know, important questions that you'd like to share? from the role play and just use the mic there I felt that I understand better the other person because I really put effort to take my feet in her shoes yes right which was my mother (laughs) great so a tough one so that was a tough one so wonderful I felt a different completely a different picture perspective wonderful how many people had a new perspective or understanding of the other person Great. How many people found a new perspective or understanding on yourself through the role play? Wonderful. Other other comments, insights, or experiences? So for me, I had a real energetic shift when I started to ask questions of the person that I was in conflict with. Yeah. I, it sort of took the heat off of me for having mm-hmm. the right answer, say some things. So I just started to ask questions, well, what do you want to get out of this? Great. And, and that, that provided a huge sense of relief Wonderful. and created a lot of ease. Wonderful. Thank you. The question came up earlier from someone in this part of the room privately saying, how do I actually generate interest? How do I ask better questions? Right? And so when we're, when we're connected to the genuine intention to understand and to find a solution that works for both of us, often those questions will come more naturally. The sense of uh, open-ended questions of what might be useful for you right now? What would you like me to understand about what you're going through? Do you have any sense of what you need? 
what might work for you, those sorts of questions. Other experiences or insights, challenges? I find the challenge when you're work, talking with someone who doesn't have exposure to this and mm-hmm. you say, what do you need? Sure. And what well, I just need, need you to get your act together. Right. Like... <laughs> Or, you know, I just need you to do this. Sure. Right? So they're, giving, they're answering your question. They're giving you information. And then your job is to translate that, is to empathize with that. So on, on one level, they're making a request. I'm realizing that I, I'm speaking before you were finished. I'm hoping that's okay. Is there more you wanted to say? Um, no, I think it's okay. Okay. I think, I think I so so um, on one level, they're making a request. Maybe they're making a demand, but they're saying, I want you to do this, okay? So then what, in that situation, I'm going to listen and I'm going to listen for the needs and I'm going to say, you know, it sounds like you're really wanting some follow through or it sounds like you're really, you know, I don't know the situation, but what is it that they're actually longing for? Looks like you really want some company next weekend, you know? But what if it's not an emotional thing? So tell me what it is. Give me the example. Um... I what want, do you need? I want you to pay for this. <laughs> I'd really like to understand. I don't know if I can do that, but I'm, I'm, ha- I'm glad that you're asking and telling me what you'd want. I really want to understand more what that's about for you. I'm wondering if you're concerned about your financial well-being and stability, if you're wanting to know that I care for you, or if you're wanting some sense of more balance in our relationship, knowing that we're both contributing equally. What's it about? Okay? Because that's a strategy, and it could be about any one of those things or something else. Right? So I'm trying to go underneath to, why do you want me to pay? Now, asking that, that, why do you want me to pay, is going to be challenging. (laughs) But, if, I, but if, I'm, if I'm coming from that genuine intention to understand and saying, look, I'd really love to understand what this is about, you know? Are you broke? Do you, do you need some help? Do you have a sense I don't care about you and this would give you that? Do you feel like you paid the last three times we went out and you want some bounce, right? Right, right? Okay. Is that helpful? Yeah. Great. Totally. Yeah. I learned that I should not apologize in advance for inconveniencing the other person to ask for a resolution. Hmm. Because do because why? Why didn't that work for you? Because it's been approached before and it's just been dismissed. Your your apology wasn't actually received, is that what you're saying? And the situation was not resolved. Right. I see. So actually taking time to actually address the situation, have a conversation about it because the apology maybe just it papered over it and didn't actually get to what was at the heart of the matter. And my partner pointed out that Yeah. I'm diminishing uh-huh. my need for resolution. Wonderful. Thank you. That's beautiful. So I would love, I would so love to hear more. And I want to check because I know we're at the end of our time. So um, maybe, we, maybe we, we bring things to a close here. And if uh, anyone wants to chat a little bit more afterwards, I'm happy to hang, hang loose and, and, and converse. So um, just a couple of uh, logistics, and then I want to end with just a moment of dedication and intentionality. Um, first, just a heartfelt thank you for taking the time out of your life to come and share and practice together. It's very meaningful for me, and I learn a lot from these as well. So, so thank you. Um, if you have. Feedback,
feedback for me. Had I managed the time better, I would have had time to hear feedback. So if you'd like to give, I do actually value it and, and enjoy it. Uh, it's, it's, so if you have feedback for me, constructive or positive, uh, feel free to come tell me or to email me. I'm very happy to hear it. The more specific, the better. Um, uh, if you want to continue your training, if, you, if this is useful for you and you want to go further, uh, please come take my class. It's, uh, there's one in Berkeley and one in San Francisco starting in January, and it's six weeks of this, of really being able to dig into some of these tools and practices. Uh, so pick up a flyer or give it to the person who you were role-playing with <laughs> and suggest that they take it. Um, uh, and then two other things. Uh, if you or anyone you know has chronic pain or chronic illness, uh, or you're a caregiver, or someone you know is a caregiver, uh, please come uh, to the day-long Nikki Murgafori and I are leading on the 22nd here uh, on um, you know, finding freedom in the body with chronic pain and illness. Uh, and if you're looking to deepen your meditation practice and, and enjoy my particular style of teaching, um, come spend a day of practice with me on the 28th. It's just going to be a day of sitting and walking instructions and question and answer. It should be a really rich, meaningful day, and it'll be a much smaller group. Uh, so on the 28th, I think that's the 28th. Great. Oren, can I just, uh, one announcement. CE people, please uh, bring your evaluations back to this back table, and there's a nice certificate waiting for you. Okay. Lovely. Good. So let's sit together for a moment and uh, just let, let the words settle. <laughs> Maybe recollecting the intention what brought you here that you identified at the beginning of the day. And just connecting the dots. What one or two things from the day have touched on that for you? And what's one thing that you'd like to practice? What's one thing you'd like to take forward? If there were one thing that you wanted to remember and work with, So may the benefits of our practice and our time together here uh, lead to more peace uh, in our own hearts and lives and on the planet. You may be well. Thanks. If you want to stay in touch, uh, jot your email address down. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.com dot org slash donate.